0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids, the solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Markets took a drop today on the grain side, but we got to talk about the, uh, Silver lining, shall we say? A turnaround to the Dow. That's got to mean some good news eventually, Sue, for these grain and livestock markets.
1: Well, we would like to hope so and think so. Um, the, you know, the stock market, granted, it took uh, 6,000, not six thousand six hundred 600 points away on the Dow yesterday. And so far, we're putting 423 of it back on. So that's a good thing. Uh, but as far as agriculture goes, you know, it sure didn't affect the cattle market today. Cattle were pretty weak, and the grains very weak all day long. And of course, um, we came down to support around the 841 mark, 840 on the November beans, and corn was down six and a half. Had been down it actually, it closed seven and a quarter lower, on, and then of course wheat, twelve and a quarter. So it was a pretty tough day. And I think part of it could have been psychological. Um, negativity being fed because China imported like 30% of their food and egg products from Brazil during the month of September that accounted for $3.6 billion. The U.S. accounted for a mere 5% of imports to China that accounted for $625 million. And so that was like a broad spectrum of, you know, hitting the cattle market and what have you. And then, we don't have any real trade yet this week. Other than in Iowa, we had some 112 on 4,000 head, uh, which I think took place on Monday night or late Monday. But since then, we have nothing. There were bids at 109, and, you know, and then the, you know, feedlots are asking 114, 115. So, you know, we'll see where we end up. But it's Thursday, and we don't have trade. Very active. But the cutout was up nice at noon today so you know you wonder what's going on but there sure was an attitude today of negativity it didn't matter what ag market we hit they all had trouble even hogs came back and closed 75 on the december futures but that was after they got up over 58 dollars. so um you know a little correction here on hogs isn't bad you know you talk about
0: that negativity and the triple digit losses that were seen in the feeder cattle market more frustration just continues to build for them
1: well, I tell you it um it is I I struggle with the cattle market pure- you know just purely I I've been of the opinion that I think overall we will go down into December and then strike a low. However, feeders um you know falling back we have cheap cheap corn uh that should help entice feeders um you know for the pricing. Uh of course we're having trouble getting all the wheat planted and so that's you know we need that wheat in so we can get some wheat pastures up uh but for now it just appears to me that uh you know the cattle market i had thought possibly and it still may uh this week's been choppy you know you look at fat cattle and we were down on last friday in front of the cattle and feed report which was bullish and then we turned around and was up sharply on monday down sharply taking almost everything back on tuesday turn around putting almost everything back on or so on wednesday and now here today we're taking it all away again the only one that held higher of course was the october trying to align with a cash market and so i look at the market here and my indicators are are positive on the daily time frame but boy are they negative for the weekly which is just getting a good start so that's another reason why i'm negative into december but when i look at the weekly or the daily, you would think with the the packer having the profitability he has and, you know, the cutout moving higher like it is uh, on the choice, I think we got up to 212 something at noon. You would think that this market would do a little better than it's doing, but they were sure hammering on the feeders today, not to mention the December facts.
0: What are your thoughts? I know you talked a little bit about this mixed trade that we've seen in this hog market. As we look at the rest of the week into next week, are we going to start to see a bit of a turnaround maybe for them, some positive action?
1: Well, I think so. Um, one thing that I think that's going on in the hog market that has really ignited the December futures and helped the Februarys out as well is that um, there's been talk that um, word or news that McDonald's, for the month of November, is going to uh, change their breakfast sandwiches, and they're going to add three times more meat to them, which means more bacon, more ham, and more sausage. And that's very positive. And in the meantime, we're not killing the numbers that the hog, you know, the pigs uh, crop report would have implied that we should. So... That's positive to the hog market, but part of that could also be that we're, you know, farmers are busy in the field. They're trying really hard to get as much harvesting done as they can before we start to turn wet again. And so they're not, you know, they're not going to be sending hogs to market, uh, sorting hogs and send them to market when they could be in the fields and get work done. So that could be another reason why numbers are down a little bit right now. But the market does look to me like we are going higher. And then you've had a continuous, you know, reports off and on of African swine fever in China. And today there was a report again of another outbreak, but this time in southwestern China. You know, they just have, I don't think China is going to get their arms around this very easily and very fast. Because a major portion of China's pork production while they're making that push towards major expansion, um, they do have a lot of mom and pop, you know, backyard productions uh, where they maybe have, you know, two, three, four, five sows, whatever. And, um, and you know, they may be guilty of feeding it ruminants, too. We don't feed ruminants in the U.S., um, but they may over there. And, you know, if they've had an outbreak in a big uh, facility, which they've had, then how do they control it in the mom and pop backyards when you don't have control of the of the way they handle their uh, protocol for disease and what have you?
0: Exactly. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontanelle Final Bell after this on the Rural Radio Network. Yeah. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And I tell you, as we look at the the grains, just like we saw on the livestock side, a a lower trade action today. We've got some weather moving back in again. That's going to put a stall to this harvest. Looking at the corn market, is there weather pressure on this trade, or what seems to be the motivation for the negative?
1: Well, I think on the corn market, it's the fact that uh – we may be looking at getting in towards the, you know, harvesting's been going this week and last weekend. And so it may be that we're looking at the market um, kind of or the harvest kind of getting in towards, you know, maybe the last 30% or something like that. And if that is the case, then we could be looking at grain that will, you know, it's always the tail end of the harvest that sends the grain to town because they run out of room at home. And farmers are trying very hard to be, you know, also storing beans because the price is just so horrible and the basis really is horrible. In fact, the basis is just wider than it really normally would ever be. And so um, this year just stands out all by itself. So I think what's happening is we've got the corn market drifting down. And, of course, you know, last year we went down into December. Um, we very well may be making a more of a correction here. I thought the 350 level would probably try on a pullback basis December, but we'll see. In wheat, you know, we made our highs in wheat this year in August, and that doesn't happen very often. In the last fifty years, we've had it happen fourteen times, and out of those fourteen times, wheat December wheat went on to make ten of the years out of those fourteen. December wheat went on to make higher highs and, of course, the March along with it. The other four years where the December failed to make higher highs, only one of them did the March contract after the December expiration turn around and come up and make higher highs in the month of January and February. None of those 14 years made higher highs during the month of March. So it's like saying to producers, guess what? it does there's no guarantees here but it's showing you a pattern and therefore if you're marketing you don't want to wait till the crop comes out of dormancy
0: well we're getting really close to that prevent plant date for the wheat is that
1: going to cause any nervousness i would think it should uh because i think that's around november 5th i believe and so i would think it should and um of course, when you look at the wheat market, part of what's driving it, too, and, and being disappointing is that we aren't seeing a huge pickup. Granted, we had okay export sales. I think we had export sales of around 400 and maybe 42,000 metric tons, and the highest guess was 500,000 metric tons for this past week. Uh, the week before, we did 476,000 metric tons, so the export sales were good, but I think the disappointment is that we aren't seeing a consistent amount of, of uh, demand hitting the U.S. as opposed to going to Russia and, and uh, Ukraine. And I know that the government, the Russian government, and wheat exporters are supposed to be meeting tomorrow in Moscow. Well, that'll be interesting because twice we've had rumors that the, you know, they were, the government was going to you know, restrict exports. And then the exporters were just shoving it out the door as fast as they could go. And we were disappointed. We'd rally on the news and then fall back. This time, it's like they're not paying attention. They're ignoring it. It's like, show me the money. And so we'll just have to see where we're at. Looking at the soybean numbers, I know that weekly exports were considered to be a disappointment this last week. Yes, they were. And um, I think that, um, you know, I know that uh, the the past week or so has been disappointing, Actually, and across most all of them, um, mainly because of the uh, beans getting down to the Gulf, you know, we got to remember we're late getting harvested, so we aren't getting as many. And if beans to the to the uh, elevator, you aren't going to be getting the commercial moving those beans down to the port. So if you don't have them down there, they can't buy them anyway. But granted. Uh, China really is absent from our markets. And we had thought originally they would be here this fourth quarter, and we're not seeing that. Um, for the month of November, it's my understanding that they're 80% bought. For December, it's my understanding that they're like around maybe uh, 40% bought, and I think January's only like around 15%. So, um, you know, will they be coming to us? We had thought our first, you know, quarter of our marketing year would be really good and we would be able to step in when Brazil couldn't and that's not happening so it's a disappointment. Lots to keep track of with these markets especially as we wrap
0: up harvest and look at quality concerns with the soybeans as well. For producers out there that want to talk more about what's happening in the markets obviously ways to market heading into the winter months what's the best
1: way for them to reach you Sue? Well my number is one eight hundred five two seven zero zero five one. 527 51 And then I'm going to be, you know, in the middle of November, I'm going to be out at the Gateway Farm Expo. So um, they can come there, too. You bet. That's going to
0: be at 2 o'clock on November 15th. Thanks so much, Sue Martin, joining us today. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.